Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is me, Steffi Cohen. And Hayden Bo. And today we have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with five times CrossFit Games champion, Matthew Fraser. I don't think I've ever called him Matthew. I don't know if anybody does. Yeah. Well, Matt Fraser. First time for everything. Yeah. I really enjoyed today's conversation. I think you all will too. It's a pretty lighthearted, deep conversation about... Lighthearted and deep. Yeah. Hitting all the bases. Yes. About what he's been up to, what he's been doing, what his new life is like after retirement, um, and how he felt about going to the CrossFit Games. He touches on the WHPO, HWPO, I have mild dyslexia. (laughs) HWPO program, how he's helping others, providing value, and a bunch of other things. So I really love this episode. So make sure that you tune in for the whole thing. My favorite part was actually when he dropped those two nuggets of wisdom about uh, what his, basically his two most important pieces of advice that he would give somebody on the mental side of things uh, if they're looking to take their CrossFit to the next level so definitely hang around for that um if you like what matt has to say about the program you can find his the hwpo program on uh, the hybrid strength coach app and that you can find to uh, by going to www.hybridstrengthcoach.com uh, along with the rest of our programs you got steffi coaching hybrid powerlifting you've got me coaching uh, hybrid performance, which is our OG program, a combination of Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, and bodybuilding accessory work. We've got Simon running the bodybuilding program, hybrid build, uh, and some other programs on there too. So definitely check all that out at hybridstrengthcoach.com. Uh, as always, while you're listening to this episode, take a screenshot, post it on your social media, tag me, tag Steffi, tag Hybrid Unlimited, tag our guest Matt Frazier and you'll automatically be entered in a draw to potentially win some hybrid legacy apparel, the official apparel of Hybrid Performance Method and the Hybrid Unlimited podcast. This episode is brought to you by Stay Classy Meats. Stay Classy Meats curates quality specialty meat from small batch ranchers and processors across the Northern Rockies. Check them out at stayclassymeats.com and use code HYBRID in all caps to get 10% off. This podcast episode is also brought to you by BEAM. Beam is committed to producing high-quality, natural, innovative wellness products trusted by some of the world's top professional athletes. Beam creates products to support four main categories, balance, performance, recovery, and sleep. These products are combined of both CBD and non-CBD ingredients. By tapping into how we function biologically, CBD can work to regulate pain, mood, appetite, anxiety, and inflammation. As a Hybrid Unlimited listener, you get 15% off your order with code HYBRID in all caps. So check them out. That's BEAM and use code HYBRID in all caps for 15% off. Sit back, relax, enjoy another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Hey Matt, remember when uh, we went on an Indian trip and uh, you guys just left me over there? Oh, I don't, I don't on the think last day? I think you split off. I don't know. That's yeah, I still tell that story to anyone that will listen. <laughs> That's the favorite. My favorite part of the whole thing was you split off like an hour and a half early to go straight to the hotel. And then we get to the hotel after going to dinner. And we're like, hey, where did the girl park? And they were like, what girl? And we're like, everyone in the group immediately was like, 
oh no, where's <laughs> Steffi? And then you pulled in like coincidentally like three minutes later and you're like, dude, I got stuck in traffic. There was accidents. Like it was like five lanes packed. She was and laughing, but like like a person who's gone like mad. Gone insane. <laughs> oh, it was of hysterical. Like laughing <laughs> yeah. on the verge of crying. And, dude. and you're explaining it like I was I couldn't stop in traffic because I can't reach the ground. And if it tips there, I have no one to help pick it up. And like I can't reach the back brake. <laughs> and then we came into that same traffic, but the guy leading our group was a local, so he knew, all right, mm. jump off the highway here. So we like rode up the shoulder of the highway hit the exit, went around all these accidents. And then Stephanie was like, I'm in the middle of traffic. And then I see you assholes just... <laughs> after getting tacos. <laughs> you, you see Been sitting in this guys. traffic for an hour and a half. And we're just doing 80 up the shoulder of the highway because we're like, man, we're tired. Let's get home. I'm sweating balls, just standing oh, there, balance, pretty much balancing on my tippy toes so the bike doesn't fall. And I see all of you just zooming past me. Honestly, I, I felt so bad. And also, it. I felt bad when we got back to the hotel for two reasons. One, I was like, oh, my God, I hope my fiance didn't die, obviously. Oh, yeah. Right? And then the second Is one was when you also, damn. How long are we gonna have to be up now after this this long ass day? Yeah, you know, I was like, oh no, is this gonna be like a three hour thing? Like, are we gonna have to go back out and find her? Because at that point, what what an inconvenience, huh? Dude, I was so (laughs) that was a long day. That was like another ten hour ride, you know? Yeah, I know. And we had we rode in the night. Thirteen for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But you were a trooper, man. Those bikes were big, you know. I even had trouble with it on a few occasions. I mean, that was one thing. And like Sean said it after the guy who set up the whole trip, he was like, yep, now we know before these rides, make sure to ask people, what is your inseam? Can you reach the ground? Have you ever ridden a bagger? You know, like there's a big difference between riding a small bike that's lighter, that you're more comfortable leaning. And if it starts to go, you can put a foot down and hold it up. Then if you're doing a full size bagger, even if you're a big dude and Mm -hmm. strong, if it starts going, Like you're I mean, Hayden knows all about that. Yeah, dude, I was, uh, I mean, even just me going from that big 900 pound challenger back to my, uh, scout. The first time I got back on the scout, I'm like, this feels like a moped. Yeah. It feels like a toy. But then it was like, I was so agile. I'm like, wow. I feel like I'm like, I gained so much skill over that. Just riding the challenger. Well, the last ride I did, like a couple of the guys were professional riders like, I'm very comfortable on a bike. The one you just did? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we went from, where did we meet with them? We met in Spokane, Washington, and did a four or five day ride up to Sturgis. And a couple of the guys are like professional motocross riders and been riding their whole lives. It's second nature. And I'm comfortable, but next to these guys, I'm like, Phew, you're on a different level. And like, these guys are pulling wheelies on their baggers. From every oh, stoplight, no and it was like, "All right, I want to learn how to do that." You know? did, you, did you learn? <laughs> no, no, I haven't learned yet. That, <laughs> that's like learning on that because if you mess up, that's like a forty thousand dollar mistake. Yeah, true. And like that's because you had like a special challenger this time too, right? Yeah. So the one I was on, like when I saw it, you know, I'm I'm into bikes. I enjoy riding them, but you know, very surface level for the most part right now. After that trip. I had a whole new appreciation for it. 
because not only did it look cool, but it rode completely different. But like when we're going down Sturgis, like people were stopping me on the strip of like who built that bike. Like wow. that bike is crazy. And it ends up it was the the bike that Carrie Hart and Big B built for the release of the Challenger. And so, so sick. surface level, I'm like, it's got a cool paint job and exhaust mm-hmm. and handlebars. And then they went through the build of like everything that was done. And they're like, oh, the whole front end is new. Like the brake calipers on here are some ridiculous thing. And like it has this tune. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's <laughs> Was it noticeably uh, like more powerful than your Challenger? Because you have it, a Challenger was, at home. Yeah, yeah, I have a Challenger at home, but it's bone stock. Yeah, it was a lot snappier on the throttle. So it's like when we were on the highway and a lot of the roads were on like speed limit 80. And so, was, and they said they're like, the guys I was riding with were like, it's not enforced. <laughs> and so a lot of them were just holding real fast the whole time. And so when we're on the highway doing 80 and you just crack the throttle, it launched. Wow. So, I mean, it was, but we, we had a couple of days. We weren't putting on a ton of mileage because we were doing all the state parks and all the scenic routes. Like Sean yeah. is phenomenal at scheduling and finding all that stuff. Yeah, he's awesome. But we had some like some full days of riding, and then I had Sammy on the back as well. And how so, was that doing long distance with someone on the back? Because I know on so, the back for you is a bit tough. I so hated the being only, on the back. The only experience we've ever had with Sammy riding on the back of my motorcycle, we never had a seat rest. Or a, a backrest. Right. And so it's like she has to hang on to me. And then she's trying to stay close enough that she doesn't fall off. But far enough back that we're not knocking helmets every time I accelerate or hit the brake. Right. And then this is the first time we ever had a backrest. And I will never go back. Yeah, I it's probably so comfortable. would not. Like, I would forget that she was there. Like, I, I just never felt her. I never felt mm-hmm. her legs touch, anything touch my back or hold on to me. So every once in a while, I'd have to reach behind and okay, touch to make sure. I'm like, all right, cool. You're still there. You didn't <laughs> fall off, you know? I hope, like, someone behind me would honk if she fell off. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that, well, that's a lot safer than Steffi on the ride. Do you remember when... Yeah, she my- fell asleep with no backrest on there. <laughs> Dude, her, her arms... I'm riding behind her because she was on Sean's bike. And her arms are dangling by her waist. Her sweater is, like, falling off her arms. <laughs> I, I thought you were awake and just, like, so comfortable... Like in feeling safe that you were just leaning and that was enough. Dude, nope, I could not. Yeah, Sean, I remember at the gas stops, Sean would be like, yeah, she started twitching. I could <laughs> tell she was falling asleep because she would get like the sleep twitches. Oh my it's like, God. I don't know if I could ever be comfortable enough on the back of a bike. A hundred miles nothing per hour. to hang on to and fall asleep. No, that's pretty scary and dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> zero, zero chance I'm doing that. I think I'm immune to adrenaline at this really? point. Yeah. Remember know. how we calm we were stuff. when we when we jumped out of it, the airplane? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of different though. Like I, I actually read something recently that you're more calm jumping out of an airplane than you are standing on the edge of like a three-story building. Because once you're up in the air, you have nothing to relate it to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's unfathomable how high you are. Yeah. But when you're on top of a three-story building, it's mm-hmm. like a lot of people have like fallen off a ladder sure. or something like that. And you can relate it to that. Yeah. So yeah. it's like. Okay, if this happens, this is gonna hurt. But I think for most people, like, did you feel your heart rate elevated when you were on the plane and they opened the door? For sure, but like, not relative to what I feel like I should have felt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. For example, I'd probably feel just as nervous like when we jumped off the that cliff in that glacier park in Denver. Like, I felt the same nerves. Mm. 
So it's like, for me, I don't know. It's like you're jumping out of a plane from such a huge distance with like views of things that you have never seen. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing just feels novel. It almost feels like, a, it feels like a, a ride. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I remember like, like, you can't even wrap your head around the concept yeah. of what you're about to do. I went skydiving mm-hmm. not too long ago. It may have been right before the Indian trip we did. Mm-hmm. And never like panic taken off, like opening the door, jump, walking up to the door, mm-hmm. jumping. All I remember thinking is like on my way down. So I didn't book the trip. My parents booked it while we were in town visiting and they just thought it would be something fun to do. And it was. But I remember on the way down just thinking like, if I die doing something that I was kind of like, eh, <laughs> I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> like, like there's things that I'm like, I've wanted to do for a long time and like did it and it was worth the risk because of yeah. the excitement. That, I was like, if someone hadn't booked it for me and drove me, I wouldn't have done it. Was that your first time jumping? Yeah. Yeah. And then I was kind of like, the whole way down, I'm like, I just finished my career like I just retired if I die yeah. before I get to enjoy what I work for oh I'm gonna be god. so pissed oh my god. <laughs> would you that. have any interest in learning how to do it solo what do you think that would change I think like if there was an opportunity with someone that I trusted to do more like base jumping mm-hmm. I would do that like I had an opportunity to do a solo jump years ago my brother booked it in the skydiving place in Vermont. It's like you can add like three hours to your course and do your first jump solo. That day. That day. Damn. Fuck. Like I didn't know that was a thing. And so my brother did it. And when he booked it, he was like, do you want to do it? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'll do it. And then like finals came up like I was still in school and I just couldn't afford the day out of the library. So I had to pass on it. He did the solo jump and had a great time, was safe doing it. But like you watch the videos of the people like up on the mountain jumping off the cliffside and like throwing their own shoot. I'm like, I think that's worth the thrill. That's but pretty wild. just like free falling into an open field, like it doesn't really do yeah. it enough for me to justify the risk. What about the uh, squirrel suits? So I have a couple friends that do that. Isn't that like and the most dangerous one? Everyone, every person that was involved in the invention of the squirrel suit has died Dang. in the squirrel suit. <laughs> that's not good. Yeah. How are those still legal? That sounds... I mean, it's like if you do it like, and it goes terribly wrong, I, you're not harming anyone else, Damn. I guess. I guess it's just not the so, best product, huh? It's like if everyone, who, <laughs> well, no, everyone I, who invented the airplane died in plane crashes, I would be like, oh, I'm not very confident in that. But I think like with a squirrel suit, it's like those guys are clearly seeking a thrill. Right. And once you get comfortable just flying through the open air, well, that thrilled the windows, I have to assume. Um, but then, like, you see them, I think it's in New Zealand, maybe? Like, there's, like, this one canyon that they fly down. And, like, I, I've seen the clip of, like, someone standing at, like, a hairpin turn on the road on a cliff's edge and they, the, a balloon on, like, a five-foot string. And the dude in the suit just comes and, like, pops the balloon. He's that close to the ground. Yeah. Like they are like feet from the ground. And when it's like that, it's like, all right, if you're looking for a thrill, I don't know if there's anything better. Um, 
True. We're yeah. gonna probably push it more and more yeah. as they get more and more exactly. comfortable. Like, yeah, like like anything else, the mm-hmm. more and more comfortable you get, the more and more you're trying to find that limit. Mm-hmm. But with most things that people are trying to find the limit for, failure does not equal death. Mm-hmm. And that's one that it's, I mean, but with that, it's like, I'm sure you're not in pain if you smack a cliffside doing. <laughs> for some reason, that's not all that comforting to me. Yeah. <laughs> if someone was like, yeah, you could just, cur- you could just splat on the ground. No well, pain though. I, I talked to, no pain, though. I, I talked to a bomb technician, I think in Afghanistan and like he let, like I was putting on his bomb suit and all this stuff. And I was kind of like, this is what you do every day, huh? And he's like, yep. Like just disable bombs. And I'm like, is that not nerve wracking showing up to work every day? And he's like, not really. Like wow. if something goes wrong, it's immediately not my problem. And I was like, Oh, it's one way of looking at it. I mean, I guess you have to have that perspective to do that job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what I mean, you, you're, you're not, your quality of life is going to be zero if you're going to work every day. Just like today might be the day. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's gotta be like the only job where you absolutely need a 100% success rate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like 99% does not cut it. Well, I mean, I, I say that line to Sammy all the time now, like, I'm like, well, if something goes wrong, it's immediately not my problem. It's on you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's right in line with that one time I remember you were talking about your haircut. (laughs) And you're like, if I get a shit haircut, I don't even care. That's your problem. Yeah. (laughs) You're the one who has to look at it. Yeah. The backstory of that, like, (laughs) I always just had a shaved head. And the Sammy was like, and I always just shaved my head myself. And Sammy was like, you know, let, let me learn how to do a fade so we can put some shape to your hair. But it's still the same time commitment, still the same convenience of doing it at home, and you're still saving money. Uh-huh. I was like, cool. And the great thing about learning how to cut hair, as long as you're willing to shave it if it's bad, there's yeah, no there's not risk. A lot of risk. And and so she, she got she got good at it, but then the fade, like the long hair on top, was just like lopsided <laughs> to one side, like just like a half inch. And I'm sure to most people, when I was walking down the street. They, they wouldn't even notice. But with Sammy, like, we're talking face-to-face all the time. So she's seeing me square. And and I remember it was, like, the next day she was like, hey, like, you, we got to fix that haircut. And I was like, nope. Like, like, I already sat down for the haircut this month. And I'm like, it doesn't bother me. I can't see it. You're the one who has to deal with it. That's unreal. <laughs> yeah, it's a good perspective to have. What? But, it, I mean... Would it drive you nuts? If you had a loop-sided haircut? If you had a lopsided haircut. If, no, if I no, did? Yeah. Would it drive you nuts? No, or if I, yeah, you both actually. What if I just had one? Oh, it drove like, Sammy crazy. We, we ended up like she she got her way. We shaved <laughs> my head. <laughs> like I'll do it in your sleep if I have because to. Because a big thing too was like, she was like, no, people know that I cut your hair. So my uh, name is on that haircut. That's true. She can't ruin her reputation, you know? Yeah, she got a rep to keep. Exactly. Yeah. I think if care. it was you, I wouldn't care. I would just make fun of you all the time. You just bully me into <laughs> fixing it? Yeah. Pretty much. That sounds Did, is that what good. happened when he had a top knot? No, she was the, she no. was the one who encouraged that. Yeah, I encouraged that. Yeah. You know? I would Were you looking for job security of like, yeah, nobody else is going to want to date you <laughs> if you have that stupid haircut? <laughs> Uh, I think that's jealousy, Matt. It's not very nice. You were jealous of it. I would have kept it if it wasn't work. You know, it just like... like That that, that was was the the main reason why I had a shaved head through my whole career was 
it was just one less thing that I had to make a decision on. It was one less thing I had to put effort into, you know, waking up with a shaved head. Like you don't have bed hair. You're not worried about like, oh, I got this little piece sticking up. How do I get it down? Mm-hmm. Like I just set up my life so that like I never had decision fatigue. But what like, about your beard? I so when I was competing, it was probably once every two weeks. I would just take a number one clipper and just face everything. hair everything all at once. So it's like I was not trying to impress anyone with my looks. <laughs> um, but it was just like I never put any time or effort into my outfits, my like anything. It was just I woke up. And I only had one thing to worry about. I only made decisions on one thing. How much effort am I going to put into this training today? Yeah, it makes sense. So now it's like, I'm like, all right, maybe I can have like a normal haircut so I don't look like a (laughs) criminal or something. I don't know. (laughs) You're doing pretty good. How's life uh, now that you're in retirement? Because, well, quote unquote retirement. The first time we had you on the podcast, you were, we like alluded to it, but we didn't really reveal that you were Mm -hmm. retiring. The second one was right at the beginning. And now you're you're sort of like you've had some time to settle in, and it seems like you were even busier than when you were competing. Almost. I'm 100 percent busier. There's no way around that. So what's um, it what's it look like now? Your your life? Um, you know, busy. You know, a ton of traveling. Uh, but you know, now it's I before I never ran out of time during the day. I ran out of energy. You know, mm-hmm. so once my movement quality slow down or you know i'm now just enforcing slow paces in my training that's when i walked away and you're not training 12 hours a day at high intensity the whole time mm-hmm. right and so like that's why like i never i never trained first thing in the morning because i'm like no like i don't run out of time so why would i start at 5 a.m mm-hmm. you know um but now i run out of time not energy you know a work day for me now when i'm not Like my heart rate stays below 180 and I'm not like running around gasping for breath for a living. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I can sit here and do this all day long. And a lot of days I do like it was Sammy will come in and be like, hey, it's 10 p.m. Like it's time to shut the laptop time to like or I'll like go to make a work call to someone and Sammy's like, what are you doing? It's 11 (laughs) p.m. You cannot call that person right now. I'm like. They're probably up. She's like, I don't care if they're up. Like, they're not working anymore. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then even before it was like I didn't do anything, anything that demanded physical effort if it wasn't contributing to my training. Now, if I'm done with work for the day, I'm like, all right, I have no more emails to respond to. I have no more programming to write. I have no more coaches videos to do. I have no more phone calls to make. Well, now I have some property that has constant projects. And so it's like, get my buddy will be in the excavator. I'll run the chainsaw and we'll just go into the woods for five hours. And it's like, by the end of it, it looks like someone just like dunked me by my heels into a bucket of water. <laughs> and before, like that wasn't an option because it's going to affect my energy and my training for the next day. And now I'm like, no, I can just run myself into the dirt and be perfectly fine for the next day. Um, So I think since my retirement, since like going back to Vermont for the summer, I've had one day where I sat on the couch and it was just because I I just worked myself into a hole, could not function. Like it hurt to support my own body weight standing up. 
Like, oh my God. yeah. So I don't know what happened if I like had a touch of an illness or something or what. It's bur- burning but the candle at both ends. Burning the candle at both ends and holding a lighter in the middle of that mm-hmm. motherfucker. <laughs> um, because that too of like, if I'm tired during the day, it doesn't really, it's not the end. It's not a waste of a day. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. I'm staying up till midnight and then get up early and just going all day, it's fine. Um, are you the type of person like Steffi where that one day sitting on the couch, you were just like kind of going nuts? Like, do you need to be doing something? Cause no, so I, I need to that. make, I'm fine doing it if I know it's going to lead to a more productive tomorrow. Um, and I need to make the decision. I need to commit to it because like I've had some days where I'm like, Oh, I'll have like a bit of a relaxing day and I'll have to be doing emails, but the TV's on mm-hmm. that type of thing. This was like, I was concerned that something was really wrong with me. Like I was like really sick or something was happening. And finally, and I'm still trying to work. And Sammy was fine. Like, no, like Sammy came up, closed my laptop, took my phone. She was like onto the couch. Like you are watching movies all day. You're going to eat. Like we're not doing anything. And once I was fine, like, okay, today is an unproductive day. Once I leaned into it, I'm good. And if I have one day like that where I know tomorrow I'm working again, tomorrow I'm progressing towards something, I can do it. Okay. It's when I don't know the next time I'm going to work hard or apply myself or progress in some sort of way. If I have two days on the couch back to back. You just feel guilty? Like you, should, you could be doing more kind of thing? I just feel like I'm wasting. Yeah. I'm like wasting my Same. life. I'm like I'm progressing towards nothing. I'm not proud of anything I did today. Like the, I'll have one day where like 14 hours of Netflix, like <laughs> love it. And once I lean into it and I'm like, I have something on the schedule for tomorrow, I'm going to enjoy this while it's here. Yeah. I've done it of like 14 episodes of Yellowstone back to back. One of the best days. I was with <laughs> good people. We had good food and we're just enjoying the moment. If I go do that a second day in a row, I will slip into like just a temporary depression of like, I am a piece of shit. (laughs) I'm doing nothing to better my life. I'm doing nothing to add value to anyone else's life. It sucks. Mm -hmm. And so it's like one day I can squeak by with it. Two days, no way. And with where we're at now, it's like we have some property. We have projects all the time. So it's. And you enjoy that stuff too, working with your hands and Love all that it. stuff. Like when I have a day where there's no like office work to get done, oh, I will take a gas can and a chainsaw and just be so content all day. <laughs> like once like I start fade, like if it's noon and I start fading and getting tired, I'll walk inside, scarf down some food, have another coffee. I'm like, re-energized, let's go. <laughs> and nice. love those days. See, but that's still like a bit productive. My problem is not doing anything. This episode is brought to you by Stay Classy Meats. Stay Classy Meats curates quality specialty meat from small batch ranchers and processors across the Northern Rockies. They are an athlete-focused meat company. Uh, always, never, ever, no hormones, no antibiotics. They source from ranchers who are for the animals to free-range graze in low-stress environments on nutrient-rich regenerative grass. Montana is known for having very productive farmland and the nutrient-rich grass consumed by the animals is passed on to us. 
They cater to athletes who require the best quality products to put in their bodies. Nutrition is the base of our existence. The better the quality of the inputs, the less stressed out our bodies will be and the more efficient they will run. Quality, convenience, small batch, that's Stay Classy Meats. Check them out at stayclassymeats.com and use code HYBRID in all caps to get 10% off. This podcast episode is also brought to you by Beam. Beam is committed to producing high quality, natural, innovative wellness products trusted by some of the world's top professional athletes. Beam creates products to support four main categories, balance, performance, recovery, and sleep. These products are combined of both CBD and non-CBD ingredients. By tapping into how we function biologically, CBD can work to regulate pain, mood, appetite, anxiety, and inflammation. As a Hybrid Unlimited listener, you get 15% off your order with code HYBRID in all caps. So check them out. That's BEAM and use code HYBRID in all caps for 15% off. Yeah. Like I get, I can't watch TV, you know? I can do it for a lazy Sunday. I can't. I have one day a week Sunday. Well, actually a lot of the, recently we've been ending up doing things on Sunday, mm-hmm. but that's sort of like our guilt-free nothing day. Where if nothing gets done, I'm like, okay, well, so this like is when, the one day a week. When, when I was training, like when I was training to compete, I took every Monday off. And on that Monday, I hit the couch and I did nothing. I'm not, like Sammy would be like, hey, you want to go for a walk around the block? And yeah. I was just like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, no, like this is my lazy day. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing a lap around the neighborhood. <laughs> Um, because I knew what the next day was going yeah. to involve. Mm-hmm. I knew there's a countdown clock on this laziness and I'm hitting it hard the next day. Mm-hmm. Now, I couldn't imagine just like picking a day and being like, lazy day. <laughs> like my buddy, my buddy and I will go out and it's like, he's running the excavator, I'm running the skid steer and just doing something. Mm-hmm. It's not progressing us in like, our jobs, but we're seeing the progress of like when we look out, look out our window and see this beautiful property, you know, just something like that. Yeah, like, you still have a task. I, I'm still progressing in something. <clears throat> yeah, that yeah makes I get sense that. Um, and you're traveling a lot more now. Yeah. What's a that? Lot. Is that leisure or mostly work? Uh, mostly work. I've had, I've had one or two trips that were just fun. You know, like the last motorcycle ride I went on, that was just just fun. Um, but especially going through the game season this year, and this is the first time that I'm not competing at these competitions. This is the first time I'm a spectator at them. And it was a great opportunity to, you know, hold workouts. And Yeah, talk know, about that. What are those? Because you've, so, you've done mean, it at a few different events now. Yeah, so the competitions that, um, you know, were put on by Loud and Live, they're you know, Matt O'Keefe takes the lead on running those. And so he's my manager, best friend. Um, and he has the competition floor set up and he's like, he put it out to me. of like, Hey, if you want to do community workouts before the competition day kicks off, you can do them right on the competition floor. That's and cool. here's the list of equipment that we have for the competition. You have access to all of it. You know, and there was a learning curve with that of like, all right, we'll put on one workout per day or just one for the weekend, whatever it was. And it was my opportunity to, for a lot of like the HWPO athletes, a lot of the time it's like, we have some contact, like we do as much as we can with like the daily training videos in Mm -hmm. the app, uh, the monthly 
calls where they can submit their questions and get them answered specifically. But I wanted face-to-face contact. I wanted to, you know, be able to, like, I guess, answer the questions, you know, just get more intent off the questions, off how they're asking it, why they're asking it, when they're asking it, that type of thing. And, and just FaceTime with them and be able to work out with them. I just thought it was a great opportunity. That's and cool. so, you know, we put it out. And because it was at these competitions, it was like, hey, it's just open to the public. There's no charge. Just show up. We'll throw down. If you can learn something, great. If you like what we did, here's a sign up. Like it was just no skin off anyone's back. Even if you want to just show up, you don't care who I am. You don't care the workout we're doing. You just want a free workout. Mm-hmm. Great. Show up. Um, and there was a learning curve with that too. You know, I think the first one we did, I think we had 80 people and that was the first one we did. And so immediately, like, all right, I now know better how to, organize a large group i know better how to form out a workout for this competition floor for the space Mm -hmm. because a lot of people it's not like running a crossfit class so it was yeah 80 people and we're in the middle of a football field and so even just communicating when you're spread out that much right you know just taking notes from that so the next one we're on a competition floor and it's a much tighter group and we're like, all right, we're going to set up the workout. We're going to split it up so it's not just one workout. You know, there's two different stations going back and forth. And we were like, we have enough space to run, I think it was 160 people. So we opened it up. People had to sign up for it. And we had 160 people going at once. And took everyone through the workout. But now instead of the space constraint that we have of trying to communicate, now it's just there's so many people trying to get that many people quiet so they can all hear me at once is it's not going to happen. Were you mic'd up or anything? No, I was just just, just yelling. <laughs> and, uh, and then we had stations set up for 160 people. And then I was like, all right, everyone, you're in groups of four, go to your cardio piece of equipment. We had two different workouts set up and they flip flop halfway through. And then there was 40 people that didn't have a station. And so I'm trying to announce it again. I'm like, guys, go, stand next to your your bike or your rower nothing 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 and finally someone was like hey all the stations are filled and so like 40 extra people had shown up that hadn't mm-hmm. signed up and they just kind of like snuck in oh, and no. so then it was like i'm like dude this workout's supposed to kick off right now we have 40 people that have nothing to do so sammy like being this superhero she is she was like all right you 40 you're coming with me <laughs> and sammy just put them through like a 20 minute ab circuit and then did that three times for all the groups. Wow. And so she just did an hour of an ab circuit just off the cusp. And and so the last time, the last one we did was out of the games, partnered with GoWad. They rented out a gym near the competition. And I was like, all right, I want maximum 40 people per class. I want the opportunity to give one coaching tip to every single person in this class. Mm-hmm. And 40, it was still a little bit bigger than I wanted. Like, I want to be able to have conversations with people mm-hmm. um, so that they know the intent of each workout. If people need scaling options, I can give those personally. Um, but we had groups of 40 because we had so many people trying to come through. So I brought out a friend that works, works with me on HWPO to coach. And so we had the two of us going through. And, and I think most, for the most part, I was able to have a one-on-one moment with every single person um, during the workout of like, whether it was a technique tip or a transit, something, 
I wanted them to take something away from it. And we just, instead of just doing one class of 200, we did like five classes of 40. So we still got some volume through, but I feel like it was better quality for, for the athlete. That's cool. Um, yeah, so you know, that's been a whole new experience of coaching other people, programming for other people. Um, that's a huge difference too, from coaching nobody, except for really like yourself. Myself, yeah. To now thousands and thousands of people and having to cater like to all of them in a way that like, sort of, that fits. Is, that yeah, be, I mean. What's that experience like? I mean, it's, there's moments that it's tough because you want everyone to be so happy with the product they're getting. Mm -hmm. um, but then you have to reel yourself in of like, I can't afford to do one-on-one -on -one programming for thousands of people. Yeah. Right. So it's like you're trying to get the proper combination of a workout that they're going to enjoy and see the benefit from, and then also work on these unique things that are going to progress them in the areas that they're trying to progress in. But then, you know, putting it in a way that it applies to this huge group of people. Um, and so that's where the, the daily videos came in. So, you know, anyone that doesn't know, in the app, in the HWPO program, every day of training there's, I think they average between 12 and 16 minutes of me going through the full day of training, giving tips on each piece, giving the intent of each piece, how to break it up, strategy, and then substitution. So whether it's the place you're training doesn't have a certain piece of equipment, because not every gym has you know, an assault bike or a rower, concept two bike, or even a rig or rings or whatever it is. So explaining the intent and then giving you options of substitution so that they have the knowledge base of how to substitute it properly and still getting everything out of the program that's mm -hmm. intended. Um, I think that's such a cool uh, feature because w w the feedback that we get on it is really good. And it's people saying like, I feel like I'm actually getting personal coaching from Matt Frazier because he's there on my phone. Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. not like you're saying generic things like let's go team, you know, like you're, you're telling well, them what the intent of everything is, what they should focus on. Like that stuff's really cool. And, mm -hmm. and that was, that was a big benefit of doing the, the in-person workouts when I'm at these competitions and doing the monthly live zoom calls with the members is when I'm, when I'm face to face with someone, like I just had someone today that I talked to for 20 minutes of like, where are you at in the program? What are you, what are you liking? That's what are you awesome. disliking? How, how's your body feeling? You know, what, what was your skill level coming in and how are you handling these workouts? It helps me. It helps me better program in the future mm -hmm. when I'm having these instant customer reviews and feedback. And I feel like, you know, if I send out an email and ask people like, tell me what you think. Well, then it's taking time out of someone's day and they're, it's not a conversation. It's not a dialogue sure. going back and forth. And so, you know, if they do respond, you know, you can't elaborate on the answers cause you don't know exactly what the question was, all that. So anytime I can get face to face feedback, fantastic. Um, those Zoom calls have been really cool too. Oh, and that, that was the other, yeah, sorry, I lost my train of thought, but the Zoom calls, they're submitting questions ahead of time. Well, I'm trying, like if there's one question that's coming up on a regular basis, okay, now, now this is my fault. So many people have this question. Mm -hmm. I'm doing something not to provide 
the information. So I need to make a change, whether it's in the programming itself, in the daily videos, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If it comes up enough, all right, well, what's the co- one common factor here? It's me. Um, so, you know, I'm just always trying to find those little changes. The same way I train, I'm trying to find these little tiny things that one of them on their own probably doesn't make a difference. But if I add up 20, sure, the yeah. end user experience, the end goal is going to be better. It's like it's a never ending pursuit and you just keep improving yeah, all mean, the things on the way. It's I, like, I love those of like you're never reaching perfect. You're always just you're striving for perfection. Mm-hmm. It's like a limit. You're always approaching, but yeah, never, never quite, never quite yeah. getting it. And it, it's great. It's super motivating to always pursue the pursuit of better. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. It's like, fuck, I just wish I could just hit one nail on the head sometimes, you know? You see, I can, you can see the pursuit too, which is interesting from my perspective because like, for example, on those Zoom calls, you go ham on those. Like those are scheduled for an hour and I'm pretty sure most of them run like two, two hours. Yeah. yeah, and you know, like that's the type of thing too of like, for me, the reason I wrap them up is because I'm like, I'm picturing someone on the other end of that call being like, all right, dude, rack it up. <laughs> Jesus. Like, yo, my lunch break ended 45 <laughs> minutes ago. But it's with that. It's like rarely do you meet someone that's great at what they do that doesn't love talking about it. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like this has been my life, consumed every moment of it. I've dedicated every ounce of what I have to it for the last, you know, minimum six years. Uh-huh. And you kept like, a lot of it sort of... You yeah, know, like I, I love chest for so talking long. about it. I love helping people pursue, get to that next step, pursue their goal. Even if their goal isn't to sign up for a competition, it's to, you know, lose some weight or it is to go to a competition. And they're like, you know, I don't know if I have that competitive edge. What do I do? It's like, oh, well, I've dealt with this issue for years. And it was like, I was too nervous to talk about it to anyone. So let's chat. You know, I love that shit. That's cool. Um, now that the season's sort of like over, uh, I'm sure you're pivoting and I'm sure the questions are pivoting from the like members of the HWPO program. So what's, and I'm sure a lot of them are listening right now too, because they're obviously <laughs> big fans of you. So what's, uh, what you, what's in store for those people? What's in store for all the HWPO athletes now? Um, I mean, there's definitely, uh, changes coming and it was all just based off listening to what the members wanted, what the athletes wanted. And, you know, when I started doing this, I had never done it before. So I didn't know if I would like it, love it, hate it, kind of be indifferent. I didn't know how much time and effort would go into it. I didn't know what the results would be because I had never done it before. And so when we released it, it was like, all right, I know how to program for myself. Let's see if it translates to other people to see if they like it. And, you know, the results were just absolutely gangbusters. And some people, I talk to them and they're, I'm like, what would you like to see different? And they're like, nothing. Keep it exactly like this. Um, you know, those those comments were surprisingly overwhelming. I That must feel good. I mean, it's it's very encouraging. Because when I'm writing this programming, doing the daily videos, it's just me. I don't have anyone 
mm-hmm. telling me like, yeah, yeah, that's a good move. Do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there like, fuck. It's like, it's like when you show somebody a, a new song that you love and you're like, yeah. oh, fuck them. They better be into this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or else you just uh, feel like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, like everyone's different. Everyone has different goals. And right off the bat, you know, the obvious and people, a lot of people like, I want a competitor track. Like I want more volume. I want higher skill stuff. I want a competitor track. And at first it was like, I don't have the resources for that. You know, like it's just me doing mm-hmm. the program. It's just me filming the videos. Like mm-hmm. I don't have any more time in the day. Um, and it was so many things are so new that it, they were just taking longer. Now, it's like we have more resources. I'm more comfortable in a flow. We're in a good flow state with mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. content out to everyone. Um, that, you know, there were people that wanted more volume and a competitor track. There's a lot of people that they're like, hey, let's pull back on the volume. Like, I got a full-time job. I got kids. I want to get home for dinner. I want to be in and out of the gym in 60 minutes. And it's like, okay, noted. And, you know, we've been hearing these comments for a while now. And it was like, all right, let me let me go back to the drawing board and figure out how to make this doable without sacrificing anything. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it took it took a lot of work. It took a lot of time, but we're there. So we're releasing right now. It's the HWPO Pro track for the people that want to have a have a training schedule that is tailored around open quarterfinals, semifinals, games. And that's intended for people that are about to qualify for like that semifinal mm-hmm. level or already have or gone to the games. Because this last year I got hit up by a lot more games athletes than than I thought would. Wow. Um, Interesting. And it was like, well, yeah, I would love this opportunity to work with a high level athlete and it's like you have one of the fittest guinea pigs in the world like let's let's work on I have the knowledge from the last few years if I can give you that knowledge without you having to go through the mistakes that I went through like what type of superhuman can we create here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that end and then you know so I was like all right I want to do this pro track for someone that their day is going to revolve around this. Um, and then I also wanted to have the, the HWPO 60 track where it's like you're in and out of the gym, warm up, strength work, conditioning, or Metcon and you know some accessory work, you're in and out of the gym in 60 minutes. Um, that, that one was a little bit more tricky because you know if, if you're trying to work on more things, it's very easy to just add in more volume. Mm-hmm. But now trying to tailor it down that you're not sacrificing, you know, the strength cycles with percentages sure, yeah. and progressing on the cardio machines and seeing all the big bang for the buck uh, cycles and tapers. But you have that time constraint. And yeah. You got to find a way to like still fit all those big rocks exactly. in the jar in like a way. Yeah. Like the game of Tetris already for a nice well-rounded program is tough. And now add in the time constraint. And it's like, it's just another obstacle, but it was like, all right, give me like, once I had that one too many requests where I was like, all right, I can't put this off anymore. Mm -hmm. Like people want it. I want to provide that to them. Um, 
it was kind of one of those moments of like, all right, like go away. Like everyone around me, I'm like, go away for a couple hours. Let me just have zero distractions. Like, let me hone in on this and, and problem solve. Mm -hmm. And so like, I just don't want anyone watching while I'm making these dumb mistakes. Like, <laughs> give me enough time to make these mistakes, get them out of the way and realize that was a terrible idea until I <laughs> find, a, find a solution that I'm proud of and then, and then we'll run with it. That's cool. And Candice was saying December is the, the goal to get that out. Man. I'm not good at that stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, we won't make any promises. Like, we'll well, make like, any promises I, I, on I was told the date of like, you need this programming <laughs> done by this date. Hand it off to us. And then the and then whole we'll, app yeah. group and everyone else yeah. does their thing with then it. Then our team gets to, yeah. gets to work. <laughs> because yeah. there's so much stuff on the back end of like, people are already HWPO members, yeah. but then now they want to switch the subscription they're in. Apparently in the app world, that's a yeah, big yeah. that's a big ordeal. For me, <laughs> I'm like just go in and manually change every email address to the subscription they want. And when, like, when you start nah, getting nah, up nah. to that close, like ten thousand people, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that becomes a big job. <laughs> I'm like, dude, it's just a ten thousand line spreadsheet. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> that's cool though. But it's cool that you're, you know, obviously you still push yourself in the gym in some respect, not the same way you used to. But it's cool now that you have found these new challenges in business that you it, like it's still testing all that knowledge that you spent all these years developing i mean they're all parallel you know it's like you're going to run into problems you're going to make mistakes you're going to have people that root for you and cheer you on and you're going to have people that just mm -hmm. are trying to pull the rug out from under you mm -hmm. uh, you know it's yeah definitely all the events that go on are absolutely parallel like they're the exact same but at the same, it's just like, I'm just in a different room while, while it happens. Um, now it's like, I can go a little bit longer cause my heart rate stays lower. Um, but you know, there's just different, they're just kind of different problems, mm -hmm. but I just relate them all back to, I'm like, once you have a good work ethic, it's like, you'll figure anything out, you yeah. know, like just go back down to the base fundamentals of it and give it time. Do you, if you're okay dealing with the frustration of fucking up. You'll get there. Yeah. Um, Even if it's not the most efficient way, you'll figure it out. You sit there until you. Well, yeah. Like I, I think about problem. like the same way of like, like when I wanted to get better at rowing, like, no, I didn't, I didn't learn how to learn overnight. Mm -hmm. Like even when I was in college, the first time I wanted to study for an exam. Yeah. I'm sure my efficiency rate was running at like 10%. Yeah. By the end of my college career, I'm like, I know what works best for me. Mm -hmm. I know how to like, I know I learned how to learn. That was the most mm -hmm. valuable trait I picked up through through my life was knowing the best environment for me to learn, how to break it down, and how to mm -hmm. go about it. And so it's like when I applied that to college, things went great. Double major, double minor, on the dean's list the whole way through. When I learned how to do that in CrossFit, great. Five, five gold medals, and I'm confident about it. Um, and so like when, when I s retired from competition, I was very vocal of like, yeah, I'm picking up like eight new projects. Like, I'm sure four of them are going to be fucking failures. Just are going to go so terribly. It's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> and it's going to be a, just a pain in my day. I'm sure one or two of them will be like, yeah, like it's going great, not going terrible, whatever. And then there's going to be some 
there's going to be one or two that I that just thrive, that I find out that I love. I love applying my time to them. I love getting better at it. And that's happened. There's been things that I started to pursue and they went terribly wrong. <laughs> um, and then there's been some that just like, I was like, oh shit, I kind of like this. I'm getting better at this. People seem to like this. All right, I'm going to apply more time to this. Like this one that was, I found that I was, wasn't looking forward to it all the time. I'm just going to cut it out. Mm-hmm. And the one that I'm enjoying and it's being well received and adding value to other people's days, I'm going to double down on that one. Mm-hmm. It's no different than when, when I was doing CrossFit. Mm-hmm. It was like, I cut everything else out of my day that wasn't contributing. And it's the same here. It's cool. It's cool to have those opportunities too because you, you have the ability now to have enough like uh, support and structure that you can take those risks. And if some things don't do as well as you want, you have these other things that are doing well and you sort of get to curate your own kind of like life and how you want things to look. Yeah, it's kind of the same like any, once you have the confidence that like a bad life experience usually ends up as a funny story a couple years down the road <laughs> and you're like, all right, that's fine. So like I go in knowing that fucking up is a possibility. Like even when I was great at something, like every year at the games, I'm going in knowing that there's only two outcomes here. Either I win or I don't. So I better not make my life identity around that one option that may not happen. Because right. what, what happens if I break my ankle in event one and I don't win? What am I going to do? Not be myself? Like mm-hmm. just going to hate myself for it? Or if it's just someone's better than me, what am I going to do? Beat myself up? No. Fucking did everything I could. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like I, I work jobs like that where in the moment they were the worst. Dreaded waking up. Dreaded going to work. Dreaded every minute I was there. Like nothing was going well in my life. Mm-hmm. Now, those are the funniest fucking stories of just like. Oh man, yeah, when I was 18, I worked this shit job. I had this asshole boss and, you know, they they those are the the funny stories you tell around the bonfire. For sure. And so now it's kind of the same thing of like, yeah, if I pick up a project, there's a possibility it could be an absolute failure. Mhm. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to try to prevent that, but I'm not going to wrap my identity in the success of this project. Um and knowing that if I'm in an absolute terrible time, Something goes terribly wrong. All right, give it time. You'll find you'll find the silver lining soon enough. You'll find the funny, the funny anecdote in there, and move on. Move on with your day. Just keep fucking working at something. Do you have uh, CrossFit athletes now, or friends in the community that reach out to you, kind of as they're going through that struggle? Because I, you know, it's like any sport. I think people I identify with you, whether it's football. I'm a like football like going player. through the struggle. Of, of not what, having a personal identity. Oh yeah, and just like knowing what floor. they're gonna do after CrossFit. No, I haven't had any of those phone calls. Um, you know, I've had calls with people that you know they they called me up and they're like, "All right, you're done now. Like, are you willing to share wow. what you were doing?" Because like they, couple guys that like have been very nice to me through my career and like said like. You're clearly doing something different. Yeah. What is it? And I, I would kind of reply with like, I don't know. I never <laughs> trained with you. So I don't know what you're doing in the gym. Okay. And so I worked, 
I worked with a couple um, that I was like, you know what? Over the next week, write down everything you do in the gym and send it to me. And then like I would kind of go through it and then we'd jump on a FaceTime or a Zoom call or whatever it was and be like, all right, what was the intent of this? What were you looking to gain out of this? Why did you not do this instead? You know, like, and just, just having a very, it was just a friendly conversation. You know, they're a friend that's been in the space. Was there like a common thing that people sort of missed? Um, Whether it be like overall just workload in general or like. No, I mean, there, there were like, everyone's training was different. Um, but there were some common things that I pointed out, you know, just a lot of it was just the intent of like, what was the point of doing this? And they were like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And you know, like th- there's one specifically that he sent me his stuff and I was really impressed. I was, cause he had said to me, he's like, hey man, um, you know, I feel like I have all the tools to win, but I can never piece them together. Like his individual benchmarks of like his one rep snatch, clean and jerk, 2K row, mile time. They're all phenomenal. And I've trained scared of this guy for years because I see what he's capable of. But it's just every competition, something didn't quite click. They didn't all come together at the same time. And so looking at his training, and I was like, man, this is really impressive stuff. But you're missing these things. Like there's one theme through your training and it gets applied to everything. So when that style of workout came up in competition, he knocked it out of the park. But I'm like, you're missing kind of these big elements. So it was just taking his training and putting little tweaks to it and being like, all right, like, go try that. You know, Um, those phone calls were earlier on um, before, you know, I started programming a lot more heavily and being more involved in it. Um, And those are just kind of like, I look forward to it because I was just chit-chatting with a friend, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, every athlete's kind of different. It's kind of what their influence was for training. That's usually how you train in the beginning. That's your influence. That's how you think training should happen. So unless you get out there and train with other people or, you know, talk to professionals in their sport, you're going to stick to that rut. Um, so, you know, it was just kind of cool, like, having that opportunity. And, you know, it's very flattering having these top-level competitors reaching out to me. Um, so, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with some of them like in person, one-on-one. That was really cool. Um, looking forward to doing more of that, of, you know, just art, come to my house for four days and we're going to train. It's going to be a little mini training camp, one-on-one. Uh, you know, did that once and I literally didn't know. I was like, after an hour, I might be going crazy just watching someone train and giving them my thoughts. But then it ends up like when they left, I'm like, oh, I want to do that again. That was fun. What, what about it did you like? Um, you know, getting to apply what I've learned over the years, you know, just objectively looking at someone else and like having no emotional connection to what they're doing. Like for me, if like, if I found a weakness, it then triggered a fear mm-hmm. of like, this could get exposed on a big stage in front of a lot of people, but exposing someone else's weakness or finding it, it's exciting. It's like, 
yes, mm -hmm. something new to work on. Mm -hmm. Here we go. All right, now problem solving of how do we take daily steps to get you better at this without that anxiety on my part of like, if I don't fix this right now, it could pose a big problem in my, in my career. Whereas for someone else, it's like, I don't have the anxiety that goes sure. along with it. It's like, I get to objectively look at it. Like I look at my job as a coach of like, how do we get you better? The biggest thing with getting you better is finding where can we get better? Like, and it's just like this Tetris puzzle of like cool. the give and the take too of like, all right, you're, you're not good at rowing. All right. It's very easy to say like, all right, we're going to do nothing but row for the next three months, 10,000 meters a day, max effort. You're doing nothing else. Well, then what happens to your gymnastics? Then what happens sure. to your weightlifting? Like, mm -hmm. so just juggling these things and all this give and take of how much effort do we apply into each category? Yeah. That's, it's a cool change of thought. Cause now finding other people's weaknesses is an opportunity for you to be helpful instead of like an, ah, oh, fuck, this could ruin my career. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before this, like I just trained in fear all the time. Like if I saw someone else getting a PR, it was like, Oh fuck. Did you have to stay like, off social media at all? Like, cause you no, don't like I, seeing that kind of stuff or what? No, I, I did that for a minute. I did that for a little bit. Um, but then I found, I just got too comfortable. Like, and I don't like training comfortable. You needed that I to like drive training you. in fear. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, that welcomed anxiety, you know, like just uh -huh. on edge all the time, training in fear. And it made, it forced me to think critically of like thinking of every situation that could go wrong and how can I, what can I do to control it to the best of my ability? Mm -hmm. Is it fun for me or anyone around me? Fuck no. <laughs> but did it help my performance? I believe it absolutely did. Mm -hmm. But, like, I didn't realize how stressed, anxious I was all the time until I stepped away. And, like, wow. I felt this weight get lifted of, like, oh, I can just get up and just live my day. You know, I'm not worried about what is this activity going to do to my performance tomorrow. I'm able to just live more and more. I'm still not, I'm still not good at it, but I'm able to do it a lot more. Um... But it, at the games was a huge eye opener of these people that have been, I've either spent time around them or, you know, their friends from the space that I would overlap with all the time. Um, the one was, uh, he's a uh, guy that does YouTube videos for a lot of athletes in the space. And I had spent a lot of time in the gym with him. Uh, he was filming, filming with Tia for her YouTube channel. And so, you know, we, we overlapped, uh -huh. but like, I never wanted to overstep because I'm like, no, you're here for her. And when the camera was on, I'm not trying to interrupt that video or anything. And, and you know, like we're just kind of chit-chatting just in passing at the games. And, and he said, he's like, he was like, damn, dude, I've seen you smile more in the last 15 minutes than I saw you do in six months. <laughs> and I was kind of like, oh, okay. Like, and for me, that literally just makes not even my day, like it made my year hearing that from so many people of like, you just seem so much more lighthearted. You're like, you're enjoying yourself. You're smiling. Cause that just was confirmation to me of like, I made the right move. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you know, like for me internally, I'm like, all right, I'm good to walk away. I'm happy with what I accomplished. I'm good to step away from this. 
But then just getting that confirmation over and over from other people. Sure, like, you'll always have doubts. Like, no matter what decision you make. I mean, like, thank God Sammy already loves me. But like, <laughs> we started dating once I was competitive in the sport. And so it's like, she had to deal with my grumpy ass for six <laughs> years. And now she's like, oh yeah, it's way more fun. I'm like, <laughs> All right, I'm glad you enjoyed me before. Like, I'm glad your time wasn't miserable before. But, you know, just hearing that from other people, it's like just confirmation. Like, all right, did the right thing. Was it bittersweet at all to go to the games and not be competing? Not, not in the way I was expecting. So being there, watching, you know, everyone compete, people that are my friends, competitors, everyone, watching someone else get crowned, could not be happier, could not, like, like I'm tearing up watching Medeiros win mm -hmm. because I'm like, dude, you had a great run. I've gotten to know him personally, like through the year, just with phone calls and not even just about training, about stuff outside the gym and then having him come train with me, like watching what he's doing could not be more pumped for the guy. But then also knowing, like, I didn't know it when it started for me, of like, your life is about to change. You have this golden opportunity to just run with it and change your life forever. Um, so watching him on that journey, I'm like, like I was, I was choking up watching him cross the finish line. And it's like, I've only known him for a year. I've only had contact with him sporadically throughout the year. Um, yeah. Where did that guy come from? Like, has he competed in the games before? I don't think I, I, yeah, so, I know Yeah, so he, he got, he got uh, third place in 2020. So okay. my last season, we were on okay. the podium together. Um, so he's been, he's been competing for a long time. He's been doing CrossFit for a long time. But like competed in age group division, that type of thing. And then I think when he really started to blossom as a competitor was when COVID hit and everything got canceled. So basically he qualified for the games in 2020 at um, a what competition called Filth Filthy 150 in Ireland. Okay. And it was so early in the season that, and then there was no other competitions for him to hit to get on the radar. So he had this like absolutely stellar fitness that he didn't get to show off for like a whole calendar year wow. and then just crushed it in the online competitions, went to the games with a group of five. And then so like his entrance into the like CrossFit competitive world was just this like smack in the face, just like here I am people. Um, and so then, you know, just stayed consistent, crushed it this last season. The, the one thing that I was surprised at at the games that I didn't love um, and I should have known better was like, I kind of took the assumption of like, oh, this is my first time going to the games as a spectator. I get to be a spectator. So I was excited to go through, you know, like go through Vendor Village and just kind of walk in the crowd just like everyone else. And, you know, I'm going to do a community workout every morning so I get to have interface with everyone. And then I get to just go to the competition, sit in the stands and have a jolly time. But then it, like, I just wasn't able to walk around as freely. You forgot that you to. were Matt Frazier for a minute there? <laughs> well, no, I was kind of hoping <laughs> that, like, that I could do that. Like, sit in the stands. Like, I've never, 
gone to the games as a spectator. And so I was looking forward to that opportunity. Um, Yo, next year you should wear a disguise. <laughs> like, like an obvious like, one, like a Mr. Potato like, Head like thing. Like just, we just, just the, like the nose with the glasses. You know, actually, yeah. what's crazy that that I tried was it at the Arnold or at Wadapalooza? Obviously, I don't get stuff nearly as much as you. At the Arnold is pretty nuts. But if you wear sunglasses and a hat, oh, I, I, yeah, we we tried all that. Catch if you can. Style. So I've done that at Wadapalooza, where um, going from the hotel to the venue. Yeah. Um, where just like pull a hat down, sunglasses on, and then you just have your phone out. So you're just looking straight at the ground. No, I can't. And then I would tuck in behind someone. I would just find a big dude and just like draft off him basically. <laughs> and I'm going through a crowd like that. It's either you just run so people don't have time or you just go so confidently slowly that people just assume uh, it couldn't be him it's just someone else walking in the crowd um, <laughs> with Steffi so at the Arnold we put a winter jacket on her remember yeah. your your goose jacket pulled it up and just pulled the hood closed like she was closed. Kenny from South Park yeah it's like just enough so she could see and then we just had people in front behind just pushing her through yeah and people still dude people but like, were still like they recognized your eyebrows I guess but like um. but <laughs> what, what I hate is like I don't enjoy not doing, I don't enjoy not taking pictures with people. Mm -hmm. I don't enjoy having to run through a crowd. Yeah. But in those moments, like I would finish, you know, I would do two hours in the rogue booth and then like we would coordinate the end time mm -hmm. with the final men's heat. So I'm like, yo, all my friends are about to hit the competition floor. I need to get there to watch them. Yeah. You and can't so stop and say hi to everybody. Is that yeah. and it's like as soon as I stop for one person, mm -hmm. it's just going to get turn turn into two pictures, four pictures. It, like it just escalates. Yeah, you get sorry. And so I I hate putting myself in a position where I have to say no or, you know, make people feel like just pulling a dick move of running by. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. So what ended up happening was I would just like end up staying in my booth or in a booth by myself mm -hmm. for four days. And I was like, I don't enjoy this. Um, so, you know, that, that was a little disappointing. And like, there were a couple events where like, once the event was going, I left the booth and like Sammy texted me, she's like, hey, I got an empty seat next to me. Like we're in the Coliseum, come down. And I would wait until the heat started. And so everyone's looking in one direction and then I would come in from behind and just sit down. And like, the, the dude next to me was like, like started like, oh my god! I'm like, yo, chill. Be cool, man. I'm Be cool. Trying to just like, <laughs> trying to hang out, man. Like, yo, I'll take a picture with you, but and you know, it, it didn't, it didn't work. And so you know, that's kind of a bummer. Like, I wanted to just have that spectator experience, but if if that's the worst thing that happens in my day, that's pretty good. That yeah. people want to say hi to me, people want to take a picture with me. It's a pretty good fucking day. Yeah, so, that's awesome. I'm trying to set those up like for the community workouts like we put in time after. So if people have questions about the workout or how to apply or how to scale, like we set up time in those situations where I'm like, if, if I have the time to talk to people and do those things, I'm more than happy to. I love chit chatting with people because it makes me better at what I do. Mm -hmm. But it's like when I'm going from one appointment to the next, I'm on a time deadline. It's not my schedule. That's when... You know, it, it just becomes tough because I feel like a bad person for having to say no or just not even give the option for it. 
Yeah, I get that. But it is what it is, you know. Uh, I think we've gone pretty long, so I want to be cognizant of everybody's time. However, um, now with your new coaching experience, I think this is a good way to close out. Um, What's one piece of advice now that you have this new perspective of coaching like thousands of people? One thing that you'd just tell like an aspiring CrossFitter that really kind of wants to take it to the next level. Ooh. Um, on what aspect? Like physically, mentally, Any, well, approach? Any, either. Anything you think is, let's say mentally, because I think most people have the capacity to work hard and follow a program and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think, I think there's, there's two things mentally. Um, one, technique, technique, technique. Like be willing to take a step backwards to take, in, in this sport, it will take you 10 steps forward. You know, I can't count the amount of athletes that just keep pounding their head against the wall. They're trying to get the instant gratification mm-hmm. of going heavy today. You know, they're not willing to change their technique to be better at it in six months because they know it'll make them worse in the sh- short term. Um, if you want, you can have a long career in the sport. And if you want it to be successful, you need good foundational stuff to fall back on. So do not be too proud. Like it, even if you have to miss a competition, even if it means placing poorly in a competition, to do things the right way and get better for the long term, do it. Mm-hmm. And it'll help your longevity with injuries and everything. The second is make sure you're having fun. Make sure you're enjoying what you're doing. Make sure that the juice is worth the squeeze. Make sure your association with what you're doing is positive. Because after a couple of years of doing it, if you have a negative thought every time you go into the gym, that negative thought is stuck. That's your association with it. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you're enjoying what you're doing so you're looking forward, that you're excited. Like, I get, I get to work out today. Not, oh, I have to go to training. I have to go do this or that. It's like, no, I get to. Um, that took me a little while to learn. Um, but like once I got it, it was like, oh, that's right. This is better than hanging drywall, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I think that's awesome advice. Thanks for sharing that. And I put you on the spot and you nailed <laughs> it. So good job. But uh, as always, thanks for being on the, the show. Yeah. Uh, our audience loves it. Uh, and I'm sure you brought a lot of new always, audience. Always to love it, so. being here. We, we just get so much done. Yeah. It's just like, do. all right, we got three days. Let's work. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, that's what we're going to go do now. Yeah. We're going to keep it going. So thanks again. Uh, as always, anyone who's listening, uh, take a screenshot of this episode while you're listening. Tag everybody who's on the podcast. Tag uh, Hybrid Unlimited. And you'll automatically be entered into a draw to potentially win some Hybrid Legacy uh, apparel. Also, if you liked what Matt had to say today, which I think you should, because he's the GOAT. Uh, you can find his program, the HWPO program, on the Hybrid Strength Coach app, and that's just at hybridstrengthcoach.com. So check it out, and uh, hey, leave us a review. We always appreciate that. If you enjoyed the show, give us five stars, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.